welcome to uh, episode 17 of Breathing Room. I'm your host, Rob Lovati. And with me today, I have Brian Colston. Uh, Brian's a good friend and a talented hip-hop artist. Um, his new album just came out a couple weeks ago. It is called Imposter Syndrome. And you can check that out uh, at Bandcamp, right? That's right. And that's at uh, Colston, C-O-L-S-T-O-N dot Bandcamp dot com. Brian, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. No, Brian, for what, almost almost two years? 2020. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Leaning on the mic a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so Brian, why don't you tell me a little bit about um, what you have going on currently? Tell me a little bit about the album and uh, love to hear a little bit about your show at uh, Salvage Station as well. Cool. Uh, right now, I'm trying to book a venue for July. Um my old partner, Crazy Horse, a.k.a. Max, he and I are going to do a 10-year anniversary show uh, for Backroads and Bonfires. Okay. So, what is what is back Backroads and Bonfires? Backroads and Bonfires. 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 You heard it here. Bonfires. No, not barn. No, bond. No, I know. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, is that about? That's our album that we dropped in 2012. Right and on. And it was a really good album. Cool. Um, it was what we're most known for. Uh-huh. Um, so we're, it's 10 years this year. That's wild. And our birthdays are both in June. So we're oh, cool. hoping to do a birthday slash, you know, 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Where are you show. hoping to do that? I've, I'm looking at Salvage Station. Yeah. Maybe the Great Eagle. I really like the Salvage Station. To tell yeah. you the truth. I'm yeah, kind of biased. Good, it's a good venue. Right now. Yeah. 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 It's my favorite venue so far. Yeah. That show. When was the show you just had there? That was what? December like 11th. Four, okay. So about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, um, the lineup you had for that. So you had Ashley Heath was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the uh, the headliner? One Holiday. In yeah, the One Secret Holiday. B-sides. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how that came together. Well, Juan and I both had albums coming out at the same time. Uh-huh. When I hit him up, I was like, man, why don't we do a double release show? He was down, so we just ran, ran from there. Cool. Yeah. And you had like 67 features that came up <laughs> during your set. I'd love to hear a little yeah. bit about the process for selecting people for the album. Um, I think all of them, if not almost all of them, were local Asheville artists. Yeah, that's right. Um, what kind of went through your head in selecting people for the album, and how did you land on what the the final cut was? Well, everybody on the album's my good friend. Uh-huh. Uh, I've known them for as long as I've been doing music in Asheville. Yeah. Um, and I also like to look at things like a time capsule, like who was doing what at that time. Yeah. And everybody that I got on the album, they're active and they're um, trying to achieve, you know, their highest peak too. Yeah. And so I want to lift them up and, you know, they can lift me up too. We're just trying to scratch each other's backs. Yeah. 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 So I had a chance to listen through the album before anyone else, which is cool. But I've also listened to it a couple times since then, and uh, that's probably the thing that stood out the most was just how you curated and included all the different collaborators on it. I thought right. that was really neat, and I thought it really showcased just like the long history that you have in the Nashville hip hop scene. Um, is there anybody that really stood out to you on the album or from the live show is like being someone that you really want to continue working with or hope to collaborate with in the future? Uh, all of them. I know yeah. that's, that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. But, um, I was really impressed by Hunter's verse on just cause. Yeah. 
Uh, actually, everybody, Pofolk and Philo, they both killed it on Just Cause. It's, Just Cause is my wife's favorite track. It's close up there to mine. Yeah. One of my favorite tracks. I too. think it's one of mine, too. Yeah. Shout out to Philo. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had an episode with Philo back in, what was it 2020 at this point now? Dang. He's a funny dude. Yeah, he is. He's a funny dude. Um, so the, the name of the album for those just tuning in is Imposter Syndrome, um, which I think is an awesome title for an album. I think it's something that's very relatable. I know I deal with it on like a pretty deep level (laughs) in, in my job as a musician. Like that's, that's a voice that can get pretty loud for me feeling like I don't belong Mm -hmm. and that I'm outside of everybody else. Tell me a little bit about what went into naming the album and what you're trying to convey with that title imposter syndrome i really scrambled looking for a title for this album and when i hit imposter syndrome i was like ding dong there it is you yeah. know like i, I wasn't gonna name it anything else after that I, I feel that i have imposter syndrome probably more than most people yeah maybe i don't maybe i'm just speaking more about it uh i just feel like it, it sometimes runs my life hmm. uh one of my favorite podcasters he says, you need to conquer your inner bitch. Oh, yeah. And I, so by me talking about it and exposing it, that's step one of me conquering my inner bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that's like. I don't have an inner bitch. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing? Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's something I feel like I hear coming up more and more is this idea of imposter syndrome and how it probably affects most of us in some way. Right. Um. For me, I've described it as the voice that tells me I'm not good enough. Exactly. What What's your experience like with it? Is it something that shows up in in, in your life around music or work or all the above? All the above, but mainly in music. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a guest in this culture. Mm-hmm. I like to think, and I'm I feel like uh, I'm always trying to one up or prove myself mm-hmm. to myself. Really. Yeah. You know, I get great feedback, but sometimes it's like you don't hear it. Yeah. It's your own voice that you need to focus on. Self-talk is really important to me. And sometimes my self-talk is a little negative. A little. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For me, I've noticed like I can get, you know, 15 pieces of positive feedback and then one like slightly constructive one. And that's all I hear. That's all I hear. Yep. Yeah, especially when you're being so critical of yourself. If anybody says anything that's in line with that, it's like, oh, yeah. damn, they see it too. They say something that you've already thought of. You're like, okay, confirmed. Must be true. Yeah. Yeah. What are some ways that, because I have a, a couple theories on this, but what are some ways that you feel like the track list of the album can fa- conveys this idea of imposter syndrome? There's a little trouble writing about imposter syndrome. Um so I don't know if I directly tackled that issue on the album as bad as it is to say. Um, I'd say the closest to that would be It's All Good. Mm. And I get really personal on It's All Good. Yeah. Um, I really feel like I did a poor job of it, at, of describing what I go through, but that's part of Imposter <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I really liked the um, the kind of skits, if you will, that you included. Right, that was my wife. It probably. was? Yeah. I was going to ask who did the voice. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, it was this voice essentially like describing the complex of imposter syndrome and how it affects people and who it affects. And I thought that was really cool. It's like a nice way to open up the album. Right. Um, 
You know, something I heard, and this is from knowing you personally, um, this idea of imposter syndrome is some of this content maybe being from, and for anybody who doesn't know, Brian and I are both in recovery. Um, So, you know, some of the content being before that time. Right. And now having to speak about that and maybe feeling like it doesn't fit or doesn't belong. Right. Is there any component of that that shows up for you now? Most definitely. There are songs from during that period and then there are songs from after that. Yeah. Um, now I'm, I'm pretty much out of gas when it comes to writing about addiction and stuff like that. I need to find some new topics to talk about. Um, mm. You know, knock on wood, that part of my life is over with. And yeah. And it's hard to come up with, you know, I have a line that says, I just did a line in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, that's true. I did that yeah. at the therapist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now that I'm not at those shenanigans, I really don't know what to write about. Um, I mean, I do. I'm writing all the time, but here we go again with imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I'm noticing a, a trend here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to try to keep away from that now. Um, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's like <clears throat> you would think that you could just write about the other side of it, you know, coming through that fire, coming out of addiction, coming out on the other side. But it's not always that cut and dry. I just don't think it's that entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good point. <laughs> um, I, I know a, a couple years ago you were having a hard time writing at all. That's right. What What was your experience like with that? And how did you kind of turn the corner on that? Uh, they say it takes, what, a year or two for your brain to get back to normal after, um, you know, first quitting doing drugs. Yeah. I feel like during that time, I just, it was nothing but blank sheets of paper getting wadded up. That's mm. it. I just, uh, like I said, my tank was empty. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, very. Yeah. And then did there come a point where you just had some inspiration or that, that changed for you? Yeah. And that generally comes from better self-talk. Yeah. And being active, exercise, yeah, you know, doing stuff that will benefit me in the long run. Mm-hmm. Just getting my mind right. All the stuff that my therapist tells me to do that I'm like, I don't want to do that shit. Oh, yeah. You never <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. I found, you know, for me, <clears throat> one of the biggest pieces that seems to be missing when I make music is the confidence behind it. Mm-hmm. And if that's missing... The rest is almost out the window. Absolutely. If I don't believe in what I'm doing as being authentic, I might as well just not be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, what What have you landed on? Like, what feels authentic to you these days when you're writing? I, I want to write about my new daughter a yeah. little bit, and I mean, that's tough too. Uh, maybe I'll save that for my stand up routine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, life is good right now. No complaints, which I usually rap about my complaints. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm working hard to find a new direction. Mm. Yeah. You could just go full Will Smith and just be like a positive <laughs> And go <rapper> crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shout out to Will Smith. Um, <laughs> so how, how old's your daughter now? She... she is actually seven months today. Today. The 15th. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's gone quick, at least on this end. I don't know about that end. You know, I can't remember life without her. Yeah. It's so weird. That's that's wild. Yeah. It's very weird. What has your transition been like into that, into into fatherhood? Just dove head first, man. Yeah. Changing diapers. Mm-hmm. All that shit. Up all night long. Yeah. She's teething right now, so sleep is a little bit minimal. Damn. Yeah. But I love it. She's, yeah. She's awesome. That's something that I, I don't fully understand, not having any children. 
and I don't know that you can be fully prepared for it. I guess that's what people say. Right. So is it just kind of you learn as you go? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they make books, but who reads books? Yeah, what's a book? (laughs) Yeah, I guess all you could do is just hope you don't fuck it up too bad. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's the main worry. Yeah. Hope I don't do any damage to this child. Yeah. (laughs) Which is probably easier to do than we think. Oh, very. Subliminal stuff you don't think about. Yeah. Damn. Well, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how, how, if at all, this, this idea of now having this new way to identify as being a father, if that's impacted how you feel as being a musician at all, like, did the two connect at all? Or are they yeah. separate? Yeah. Uh, you know, when you become a parent, you like, instead of laughing at somebody falling down, you're like, that's somebody's kid, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now I, I I feel like with my music, I I want to inspire, which is pretty corny to say, but I I, I want to send out a good message. Yeah, I've never really glorified doing drugs or anything like that. I kind of rap about the downside of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the future I'm gonna rap about the upsides of being a father, uh, being married, stuff like that. But yeah. I just need to find a cool way to do it. One example would be Logic. Oh, yeah. He raps about his daughter and his, mm-hmm. his life being good all the time, and he's dope. Yeah, so there's a difference. You got to be dope when you're doing it, and uh, it's sometimes it's people don't want to hear about the sunshine. Yeah, you know? it's it's a fine line to tread for sure. Yeah, yeah. Logic comes to mind. Um, a little bit different, but Vince Staples. Okay. Um, he put out a new album this past year, self-titled called Vince Staples, and I would call it like post gangster rap almost no kidding it's about a lot of those same ideas but from the other side Mm -hmm. what it's like having gone through addiction and growing up in poverty and watching your friends die as a child like he really talks about the after effects of it Mm. so it's still you know there's still a core component of being about the struggle but it's about like coming through it and how it's molded him and it's like a pretty cool take on it that's cool i have to check vince staples out yeah i like him a lot yeah, he's he's had a couple solid albums in a row now. Okay. Who uh who else have you been listening to lately? Man, I haven't been really tapped in with the new shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back and listening to a lot of Kendrick. Yeah. Um I, I a lot of Kanye. Yeah. I'm really just trying to listen to stuff that I that I know hits me. Mhm. Uh I am trying to experiment with finding new music, but you know, it's a little bit difficult for me. I'm getting a little bit older and Yeah. I don't really know where to look. Yeah, uh, get don't on know hot what new crazy hip- kids are listening to. Right, I get on hot new hip hop every now and again and check yeah. out new songs and stuff. But uh, I just listen to mainly stuff that inspired me in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel you on that. And with with Kendrick, there's a really cool podcast I've been checking out called uh, Dissect. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, every season he takes a different hip hop album. And just completely picks it apart. Every episode really? is a different song. So I just finished up the season on To Pimp a Butterfly. No kidding. Which was incredible. Incredible. He like, he almost goes into too much detail. Like it's almost painful at times. Really? I mean that in the nicest way possible. Uh, but he picks apart the lyrical content. He picks apart what's going on sonically. So like the different sounds you're hearing in the song. Oh, damn. Um, the underlying message. So yeah, I mean, I learned a lot about that album that went so far over my head right um which made me realize like 
how much conceptual hip hop probably goes over my head and I just don't even understand all the complexities of it. Um, but yeah, that, that was a great one. I listened to another one he had on, um, Childish Gambino's Because the Internet album. Oh, that's a good album. Great album. And I learned a lot about that. Like he had a screenplay that went along with it and a short film and yeah, people are doing dope stuff out there and it's just, you know, you really have, it's like, it's like these little Easter eggs for true fans who really pay attention to the album. Yeah. Um, and he has a whole catalog on Kanye albums too, which is cool. Awesome. Um, cause as polarized as Kanye is love him or hate him. Like he, it's hard to deny the impact that he's had. Oh man. He's crazy. But musically he's the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a nice combo, but it's amazing. Like even, <laughs> yeah. even for people who say they hate Kanye West music, they'll name like some of their favorite songs. And I'm like, Oh, produced by Kanye West. <laughs> right. Right. They don't even know. His influence is all over the place. Yeah. Um, not to turn this into a Kanye West episode, but <laughs> why not? Um, so something that I tell people like a fun fact about Asheville that most people don't know, unless you really live here and are plugged in is like, there's a pretty, uh, flourishing, like underground hip hop scene. Um, a lot of, a lot of really talented artists that kind of fly under the radar because it's not part of, you know, what is popular or in the mainstream in Asheville, which would be what, like funk music, bluegrass music. Yeah, um, but there are a, a couple clubs that put on hip hop shows and I've been to a bunch of them and had a lot of those guys on the show. Um, and it's a scene that you've been plugged into for at least 10 years. <laughs> yeah, more. more yeah. yeah. How have you seen it shift and evolve and what are some things that you really like about it? I really like about it that um, the guys that I've been fucking with for a while, they, they're still in it. They're still doing it. Yeah. And I like the fact that I'm still doing it. But, man, guys come and go all the time. Yeah. But there's actually a lot of guys that I don't know about that I see on the internet. And people are sharing them and stuff. Mm-hmm. A mutual friend or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'll check this shit out. And it really ain't half bad. There's a lot of good music in Asheville that's not being looked at because of what you said. Yeah. There's not quite the venue for it. We used to have a great venue, uh, Timo's House. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. And it was nothing but hip hop every weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, a little bit of trance and stuff like that. But yeah. you know what I'm saying. It was a it was a good club for young people to go and check out new music from people around town. Yeah, and then the Mothlight kind of oh, took over for that, and then we lost the Mothlight. Damn, I really I only performed there one time, but I love the Mothlight, man. It's a great it was, venue. It's really comfortable. I've heard that um, the the people who are in there now are planning on putting shows on there again at some point. Really? But yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's called Different World. <laughs> um, they're like primarily a, a clothing brand, okay. and then they're also going to do art installations and live shows and stuff. But it's going to be hard to replace the Mothlight. Yeah. Seriously. The only place I really know of now in town that's doing hip-hop shows on the regular would be uh, Static Age Records. Oh, I haven't played there. It's a good spot. Yeah, they I'd like to go there. They completely renovated their whole stage in the room. Um, they have like two separate rooms. And uh, it's a it's a good room. You could put like 50 people in there and it will feel like a sold-out crowd because yeah. it's pretty tight. Okay. Uh, but I just saw a show there back in October. It was... Uh, Peter the Poet, SK the Novelist, Musashi Zero. All great guys. A lot of these awesome dudes. Yeah. Awesome dudes, and I really like their music a lot. Um, SK, I think he's out in Raleigh these yep. days. Yep. 
Um, still doing shows out there, which is cool. But that's yeah. something that I hope that you know. I hope those guys keep that keep that going and help cultivate this scene that's here, but just needs some like care and attention to really continue to grow. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I usually get a pretty large crowd in my shows. I've yeah. been very blessed, and I want to bring people in to do open up shows for me or hell, I'll open up for them. I don't really care. Yeah. You know, just, uh, I want to hop on the train with more hip hop artists and, uh, collaborate some more too down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And something that I thought was cool about the show you just put on in December was the kind of, kind of like genre bending that was going on. Like it wasn't just a hip hop show. Right. Like I had a couple friends who came out to see Ashley Heath. Right. And they kind of stuck around people who w- wouldn't even identify as hip hop fans. And they're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, so I think I that's a really neat thing to consider is how, how to incorporate different styles of music. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely suggest you going back and listening to uh backroads and bonfires. It's For uh, sure. it's people wanted to call us country rappers, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's not country rap. It's, I'd like to say we're country boys who know how to rap. Okay. But uh, there's a lot of fiddle on it. Oh, cool. It's It's got a theme to it. It's a concept album for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's back when you were working as the duo, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy, Crazy Horse and Colson. Yep. That's right. And when did you guys officially disband? 2014 or 15? 14? Yeah, I think 14. Yeah. Okay. And have you been interested in working or collaborating with them at all in the future? Or oh, is that yeah. something you're open to? The door's always open. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked at the show, uh-huh. like I said, we're going to try to do something like a 10 year anniversary yeah. show for In June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as making new music goes, I'm not sure where Max stands on that, but like I said, the door's always open. Um, I always thrived on his beats. Yeah. His beats were so different. He produced them himself? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I haven't found another beat maker to match my style as good as he does. Yeah. How did you, um... How did you come up with the beats that you ended up using on imposter syndrome? Were they a combination of like being made by people who worked on the album and then beats you came across and found? Like, right. how did you? Uh, I just handpicked them various different ways. Um, a lot of them were made by my, my uh, <laughs> a lot of them were made by my producer, Trip. Okay. Trip, yeah. Uh, I got one beat from Spaceman. Shout out to Spaceman. Shout out. How did I forget him, man? Spaceman is amazing. I oh, love he's Spaceman. Dope. He's dope. I love his smoke breaks. Uh, yeah, as far as beats go, I just picked out what, what I already was writing to. And if it was a beat that I didn't own, that I had, tri- then I had Trip remake a beat for me. You know, so it's tailor-made for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed with the way that the full sound came together and just the number of tracks that you had. Like I'm noticing a lot of like quicker albums right. seems to be a trend in hip hop these days. Yeah. You know, an album that's 23 minutes, which right. is cool. Right. But um, yours felt a lot more cohesive front to back. Yeah. It's just what I'm used to, man. I grew up on albums like that. Yeah. You know, and Maybe it was a mistake, but I, all those songs go together. I couldn't, I couldn't hold some of those songs back and put them on another project. It's just not going to work. Right. I needed to clean out my closet a little bit so I can make room for more. For sure. Yeah. And some of those are tracks that you've been sitting on for a while, right? Yeah, maybe five years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough, man, to be able to take things from years ago and things from now and match them all together. And I it think you, I think you did a really good job yeah. with that. And a lot of that comes down to having a good producer. Yeah. That. 
you know, I think people underestimate how important that is in the process of making an album. Right. Yeah. Trip went the extra mile, man. Every anything and everything I asked for, or he would suggest something that was awesome. I'd be like, dude, that's a great idea. Let's yeah. run with it. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of good ideas from Trip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely takes that collaboration and like putting heads together. It's easy to like be stuck in a vacuum and only see things through a tunnel. Yeah. So like having a producer, having other artists to collaborate with, that's what I think brings the whole vision together. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So have you thought about what's next? Like, have you been writing anything new since the album came out? Or are you thinking about working on a new project? Yeah, right now I'm mainly focused on acquiring beats or making my own beats. Yeah. So acquiring them is probably going to be faster than making my own beats. Yeah. It's more experimental. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm in the beginning stage of just creating something new. What is the process of acquiring like instrumentals? Uh, you know, like Spaceman sent me beat packs. Mm-hmm. So they're samples of many different beats. And I'll hopefully find one and pick it out. Okay. Um, other artists send me beat packs too. Uh, the ones that I do not know personally, they won't send me a whole beat pack. I have to go on their page and yeah. look through their beats and then, you know, inquire about one or something what, either like that. What, either like YouTube or SoundCloud, something like that? Yeah, there's this page called Beat Stars that I follow on Instagram, uh-huh. and I get a lot of ideas from that. Um, even if I don't acquire the beat... I can start writing something that kind of grabs my attention. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll put it down on paper. And once I'm inspired, I don't need the beat no more. And I'll yeah. be like, I'll figure out the beat later to yeah. it. As long as I remember exactly how I'm spitting it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That cadence is really important. Very much. Which is something that you can recreate to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stuff that the stuff that you get like from Spaceman, for example, is that are those fully fleshed out songs or just like samples and ideas and then you go back to him and he'll flesh out the rest of the song pretty much full beats okay yeah the one i got from him was full beat uh, pretty much already done i i had him um give me a couple drops here and there yeah to match my lyrics and uh, he was really cool about that i went over to his house and he he was like you want it like this or like this and we figured it out oh it didn't cool. take too long it was pretty cool and what track was that again that spaceman produced Giddy up. Giddy up. Um, let's see. That's track number 12, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know he's always producing. Yeah. I follow him on Instagram, and it seems like he's always posting new stuff he's, he's working on. He's busy, man. He's a hungry he's guy. Busy. Yeah. Have you checked out his uh, wrestling promotion at all? Yeah. Urban Combat? Oh, yeah. I watch all those videos. Do you? Yeah, I grew up watching pro wrestling, man. Okay. So. Yeah. You got a soft spot it, for it? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right before the pandemic started, so it was March of 2020, I had a, a few friends in town from New Jersey, and they all grew up on wrestling. I didn't. My mom wouldn't fucking let me watch it. Um, but isn't that funny? I'm like, Mom, what's wrong with this? <laughs> Men in tights? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> um, and we all went to one of Spaceman's promotions over at the Mothlight. And oh, dude, yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I didn't know if I would. I'm like, I don't know if this is for me, but I feel like anyone could go there and have a good time. Yeah. I, my wife knows nothing about it. And we stopped down by the river. I forgot what that place is called. And we watched one of their shows. And my wife was like blown away. SK was there. He got up on state uh, on the, on the, in the ring. And oh, really? He, he did a battle rap with one of the wrestlers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was really funny. 
that's what for anyone who doesn't know about urban combat wrestling that's something that spaceman works to do that i think is really cool is marrying hip-hop and professional wrestling so in between matches he'll have hip-hop artists come out and they'll do a couple songs some of uh some of the wrestlers actually are hip hip-hop artists on the side so they'll spit some verses it's a pretty it's a pretty cool um stepchild if you will it's like i never saw those two things coming together to work as well as it does right um so shifting gears a little bit um want to talk a little bit about the relationship between mental health and and the music creation process because i noticed for me they they go directly hand in hand and if i'm not in a good spot it's really hard for me to get in a creative space where i can make something that feels authentic to me yeah um and i feel like the end product is in a, in a lot of ways dependent on my headspace and where i am mm-hmm. i'm curious about your experience with that and this journey that you've had um since since getting sober um how has your mental health played into your writing process and how have you seen it transform over time my mental health being bad was what I banked on to write when I was uh, in my 20s. Mm. You know, it's almost like I tried to create turmoil. I mean, yeah. I, I was a walking shit show, man. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. But uh, now, if I don't have the right headspace, I can't even write about the bad shit. And yeah. like I said, the bad shit's what I n- normally write about. Mm-hmm. Switching gears, like I said. But um, even if I don't have, like, water in the morning... And like eat right and exercise a little bit. By the end of the day, my brain's just shot. Yeah. So I got to do all that shit to make sure I'm on on top. I'm getting a little older. Uh, yep. So I'm just trying to take care of myself a little bit. Physical health is mental health, yep. I believe. Yep. And it it affects my music. Um, I won't write at all if I'm having one of those days where I just lay around. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably better than trying to write anyway and just banging your head against mm-hmm. the wall because it's not working out. Yeah, it gets really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- you hit on something that I've really been focusing on lately, which is, you know, this idea of my mental health being dependent on a million little things. I think, like, it's normal to want one big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I sleep well, I'm going to be good, but it's not that. It's like, I got to sleep well. I have to go to the gym. I have to eat right. I have to drink water. I have to stay connected, not isolate, which it's a lot of upkeep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets harder and harder too. Yeah. You know, there's, you realize there's more and more you could do. You're like, oh shit, I wasn't doing this. Yep. Just give me an edge. Exactly. Yeah. That's made me realize the importance of just like creating and maintaining a routine. That's been really important for mm-hmm. me lately. And it doesn't take much, man. If I get deviated from that routine, like I get crazy pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like just around the holidays, a couple trips up to New Jersey and back, um, was out of my regular routine with work and with, uh, you know, making it to 12 step meetings, whatever, just all, all right. this stuff was out of whack and it didn't take long for me to feel just completely out of sorts. Mm. What are some things that are important to your routine these days? Well, sleep. I got a uh, seven-month-old baby, so sleep is a little bit weird. I have to sleep on her schedule. Yeah. Uh, sleep being my main one. Water being my, another one because I'm terrible about drinking water. Yeah. I'll go all day and then remember that I haven't had any. Uh, a little bit of exercise. I'm no guru, but I, yeah. tr- I try to get the blood flowing a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. 
those are the three pillars for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, four pillars. Eating right, which I, I have trouble with too. It's a tough one. I'm a big chips and salsa guy. Damn, so dude, be... you kill the chips and salsa. <laughs> I'll be eating that shit at 11 p.m. I feel like you should start a blog on like the different salsa brands. I could do it. I'm a connoisseur. What's your favorite one? Black bean and uh, black bean and something salsa. Okay. Yeah. You like? Do you mess with the like mango or pineapple salsa? Nah, I don't no? fuck with that. Not about it. No, nah, I don't fuck nah, with you're that. Missing out, but that's all right. <laughs> I like a good like mango habanero. Ooh, that's. Yeah, I'll that, give it a shot. It does it for me. Okay. Um, Whole Foods has one that all is right. slamming. It's good. <laughs> okay. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, all the things you hit on are super important and like one that I've noticed for myself um, being pretty extroverted, I would say, is if I don't stay connected, I'm, I'm going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Like I could do all those things and if I don't pick up the phone and call somebody or go grab coffee, grab lunch with somebody, like I get pretty trapped in my own head mm-hmm. pretty quickly. That's happening to everybody with this pandemic. It, yeah. You really have to try hard to put yourself out there these days yeah half the people are sick other half people are scared yeah kind of sucks yeah and it's just it seems never ending uh it's just like every time we think we're in the clear it's like oh nope i'm back new variant yeah yeah i'm trying to trying to steer clear of the news around it that's Mm -hmm. something i really try to focus on like that's something that has a really direct like palpable impact on my mental health if I'm watching the news a lot, like falling for clickbait, like mm-hmm. I can get pretty sucked into that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so without making it a pandemic episode, what's, what's been the biggest adjustment you've had to make, you know, in this new time that we're facing? Uh, mainly missing people I love. Um, I haven't been too scared to, to see my family and stuff like that. They just got over COVID, so I didn't see them for a couple weeks. Yeah. But I'm just smart about it. I, I don't really fuck with people I don't know too much. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that'll change because I'm a I'm a mix between an introvert and an extrovert yeah. at times. Uh-huh. And I need that energy just as much as anybody else. And my dad and I both are like people who will stop and talk with somebody at a gas station about a, a random car or yeah. something. Just anything, yeah. you know, if you... My dad will go off on. He'll talk to a fence post. Shout out <laughs> my dad. But I'm I'm gaining that trait the older I get too, and uh, there's a lack of that. People don't want to talk to you no more. No, it's, it's starting to feel like California over here. It used to be, hello, how you doing? But it's not that way so much anymore. Yeah, I remember when I first came to visit Asheville before I lived here. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, which is <laughs> you keep your head down and you walk. Right. That's, that's about it, you know? And I came down here and I was walking down the sidewalk and this lady stopped in front of me and she's like, hey, how y'all doing today? And I'm like double taken, like looking over my shoulder. I'm like, what does this lady want? Like, I'm just, <laughs> I couldn't shake that feeling like this, this is weird. Mm-hmm. All she wanted was to say hello. <laughs> it's a totally different culture and I've like started to gravitate more towards it myself living here. Yeah. And it's made me realize how important it is just to be kind for the sake of being kind. Oh, yeah. Not expecting anything in return. That's what builds your soul, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I don't know why it's not that way in certain places. I feel like 
you know, being in an environment like New Jersey, um, just being as densely populated as it is, mm-hmm. I don't think we're meant to live in in that type of environment. No. Just with thousands of people around you on at top any of given each time. Other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're social creatures, but I think there's a limit to mm-hmm. like how big is our <laughs> our crew supposed to be. Right. Because a point where it's just completely overwhelming. That's how I feel anytime I go to like New York City, for example. Yeah. Have you been in New York City? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah. Can't barely remember it. Yeah, that's probably good. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I used to go there a lot, you know, because I only live like 40 minutes from there growing up. So I spent a lot of time in the city. And do you want to talk about like an anxiety attack? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Walking around the city, there's just people everywhere. You don't know anybody. Even though it's a grid, I would get lost every time I'd go to the city. Right. It should be pretty easy to navigate, but... I'm just really directionally challenged. Dude, I get lost in West Asheville. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty hard to do. I actually got a song called Lost in West Asheville. Really? Yeah, it's on uh, Cold Cuts. Right on. Yeah. Tell me about... um, Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about it a little bit. Um, Throughout Imposter Syndrome, there's an ad-lib cold stuff. Yeah. Which I know kind of like surfaced (laughs) as this like name that people just started calling you and it's stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that something that, I don't know. I don't really even know what I'm trying to ask. I'm just curious kind of like how it came to be and, and what, what purpose it serves for you. Well, we were called crazy horse and Colson, right? Yeah. Somebody said, give it up for crazy guy and cold stuff. No. Yeah. That's pretty and bad. <laughs> it, it, it was a friend. It, I forgot who it was, but they were being, you know, yeah, they were being funny about it. I, yeah. I didn't take no offense to it, and uh, it just stuck. I got a line. I think it is in Lost in West Asheville, ironically. Uh huh. Where at the end of the song, I'm like Crazy Horse and Colson. Hey, yo, we got it. Like, and then the beat drops again. But at the end of that, when I'm doing it live, I would go Crazy Guy and Cold stuff. <laughs> so people just be like, all the rappers that I know that come up to me and be like, "What up, Cold stuff?" Yeah. I was talking to Mike live. I think before I had the baby. Yeah. And he was like, oh shit, a little cold stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. So we, that was a running theme, cold stuff. It's, it's kind of like, that's what I'm called sometimes. Yeah. But also cold stuff. We spit cold stuff. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. Is, um, your stage name that you use now is just still Colston though, right? That's right. Yeah. It's actually a silent T. Colson. Colson. Yeah. But when I'm trying to give my uh, website or Bandcamp or whatever, I'd say it with a. I usually say. Yes, Brian Colston, but the T is silent when you're saying it. But I say that so when I spell it, people be like, okay. Yeah. Because if I say Colson and then spell it with a T, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I have a silent letter in my last name, too, and it's been a lifelong struggle. Right, right. Yeah. Colson was actually a Civil War uh, hero. My great great or great grandfather, I can't remember. Uh-huh. I don't know if he's a hero. He he fought in the Civil War, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um. So was, his name was Colson Hayes, and that's who I was named after. That's my middle name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Getting a history lesson. Yep. That's cool. Um, and that just kind of stuck over time as a stage name. Yeah. You know, I. I didn't really want to go too far off the grid when I'm finding a stage name. Yeah. 
I remember one time I was like listening to a lot of Wu Tang. I was like, I'm gonna name myself Killer B, and that took about five minutes. Before I was like, dude, that's the most stupid name you could come up with. So I I just wanted to kind of keep it personal. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so that's where Colson came from as a stage name. I'm probably gonna call you Killer B from now on, <laughs> just just so you know. Okay, Killer B. <laughs> so. Kind of going back to the the crazy horse and Colson stuff, Colson. Yeah. Don't pronounce that T. Um, I'm curious what it's like, you know, going from that working in a duo to now coming out with an album solo. What that adjustment's been like? Are there things you prefer one way or the other? Oh man, I had the most fun when I was in a duo. Yeah. You know, when you're up there and you're with your best friend and you're on stage sharing that energy yeah and you're like you got inside jokes that yeah. nobody knows about and you're you're like laughing with each other on stage that's mm-hmm. the best feeling in the world and then we amped it up and we had a live band yeah that was so much fun I mean, the more people on stage the more fun you're gonna have totally as long as they have a purpose i mean but yeah i'm telling you man we had a live band and it was a duo that's that's like some of my best memories the pinnacle yeah 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 uh as far as going solo goes it wasn't too terrible i mean it did suck when we when we decided not to do it anymore yeah but i had already put out a solo album it, it was actually crazy horse and colson presents cold cuts okay so i was familiar with going off on my own branch and trying to uh make music myself which still had a lot of collaborators and stuff like that yeah and crazy horse produced all the beats on that album too it's called Cold Cuts. You should check that out as well. Yep. That's uh, on uh, Bandcamp as well? Yes. Cool. Yes. And actually, while we're talking about it, uh, Imposter Syndrome is going to be on iTunes, Spotify, all the streaming awesome. networks. Cool. Hopefully by the time this airs. I just awesome. got an email back. It's supposed to be dropping any day. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. That'll be awesome for yeah. getting the album out there yeah. and getting some exposure. Yeah, Bandcamp's been cool. I've made some money off the album. I mean, not a huge amount, but yeah. enough for me to be pleased. Nice. Um, and you can track your listeners and stuff on Bandcamp. And uh-huh. I get on there every now and again and check, see how many plays I got. And it's going up. So Bandcamp's been good, but I'm not reaching everybody. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping to reach more people. Totally. Yeah. I can get pretty lost in that myself with the podcast. Like with Spotify, they have um, like a podcaster's app where you can track who's listening where are they located how how long are they tuning into an episode mm-hmm. and i can get really sucked into that be like man joe stop listening at 37 right. minutes man what's wrong what was wrong with 37 minutes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and it makes me forget the reason i'm doing this is just to connect with people and have fun right um and as long as i'm accomplishing that the rest is just bonus you know yeah exactly like i said one negative comment can knock away a thousand totally you know? Totally. Um, so, wait, real quick. When when did you say we could expect to see that on Spotify? Any, I, any day. Cool. So I don't know when you're dropping this. Yeah. But hopefully by the time this drops, it'll already be out. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool, man. Well, um, I want to give you a moment to kind of plug anything or dive into anything that feels important to you that we haven't already hit on. I think I'm good. Uh, imposter syndrome out now. Um, cold. St- <laughs> I about said cold stuff. <laughs> cold stuff. Uh, it's hard too because even before cold stuff, the name came out. 
I put out an album called Cold Cuts. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's wrong with me, man. But where did you get cold cuts? Um, same thing. It's in cold stuff. Like we spit cold stuff. Yeah. Here's some cuts that are real cold. Got you it. You know what I'm saying? It. The album cover is actually a woman bent over handing me a cold cut sandwich. <laughs> you should check it out. It's a pretty cool album cover. Uh. Yeah, so I got cold cuts out there. I got uppercuts out there, which is a mixtape. Of yep. course, Backroads and Bonfires, 10-year anniversary coming up this year. And also, of course, Imposter Syndrome out now. There um, it is, the full discography. That's it. Cool, man. Well, thanks for joining me today. For everyone listening, this is Brian Colson. <laughs> Don't pronounce the T. Um yeah, this, this will be coming out in the next couple days. Um, check out Imposter Syndrome on Bandcamp. And uh, thanks again for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, appreciate it. Much love. Yep. Oh.